0: And I think, why am I going to this in the first place? The only real reason you can go is because you care. It's a lot of hard nights. It's going to be sad moments in a hospital. Maybe someone doesn't make it or you have to get bad news. But I think about all the good moments that are going to be there too. When I help somebody or I can say, you get to go home. Or the results came back and nothing to worry about. It's benign. And so, I don't know. I think that that kind of defines the reason why it's so important to um, be an healthcare for me.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to our Crafting Wellness podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Randall. Can you give us a little rundown of yourself and kind of introduce yourself for everyone who doesn't know who you are?
0: Yeah, of course. Um, I'm actually a current PA student at Boston University, a school of medicine, their PA program. And I'm located in Boston, and I'm training to become a physician assistant so I can uh, give back and work in healthcare in the future.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about a PA and what exactly a physician assistant? One, what that is, and two, how you kind of fell into this career path? Because I'm really interested to know um, how you kind of found this passion.
0: Yeah, that's actually a great question because I feel like the terminology can be kind of confusing for a physician assistant, and where does that role um, fall in like in a healthcare team? Um, So physician assistants are kind of similar to nurse practitioners. We're in the same, uh, I guess, uh, scope of acuity. And our role is to work with uh, collaborating physicians to assist and giving back in places like primary care, um, mental health. But we also uh, exist in basically every field, um, from dermatology to surgery. And we can treat, diagnose, prescribe. So a lot of the things that you would normally assume a physician, you might actually be seeing a PA and your primary care. Um, I think the terminology can be a little confusing because you hear physician assistant, um, but in this case, you're just thinking uh, a medical provider that has the ability to um, write prescription and treat and diagnose.
1: So it sounds like you do a lot of similar things that a physician does. Um, What is the difference? What is it that uh, a physician does that a, a, a PA won't do?
0: So in this case, we have a lot of the same abilities over time. It's taken time. Um, The PA profession uh, is a little over 50 years old. It was actually created by a physician uh, and started at Duke University of School of Medicine, actually, to be the first program. Um, Some differences, and really key differences, is we're not independent practitioners. Um, We work under a physician. And sometimes we call it collaborating in some states and and supervising. Uh, Terminology is changing to go more along with uh, collaborating. But the difference in our case might be that... Uh, sometimes we're always going to uh, see ca- this, like similar cases, but we might see uh, less severe cases and in this case we're always going to have someone to check back with, which and a lot of times can be can be good because we have another person to run things by if we're unsure. So in this case, when you think of like the big overall difference between a physician, in this case being MD or DO, um, There's a difference in in medical education. They have four years plus residency. Our programs are 24 months to three years. Uh, But we have a lot of the general skills that they do would allow us to make big strides in important places um, like primary care and uh, mental health. And so that would kind of summarize those differences between the roles.
1: Thank you for clarifying that. So okay, so that that was going to be my next question about schooling. So um, tell us a little bit about the the school journey, the educational aspect of becoming a PA. Do you go to get your BA first and then go to PA school, or do you go straight to PA school? Tell us a little bit about what that journey is like.
0: The PA journey is kind of unique, actually. When you think about medicine, uh, a lot of people go into nursing. You go straight into you know as your bachelor's degree. Um, for, you know, becoming a physician, you're gonna get your undergraduate and then go straight usually into a medical school. And so interesting, a lot of PAs um, are the students are actually a little bit older than medical students because there's a, there's a difference in expectations when you go in. Um, PAs, there's an expectation of patient care experience. So you're gonna get your four years of undergraduate. Um, then you might work as, you know, a scribe, um, a medical assistant, a dermatology assistant, place where you can actually interact, grow bonds, and make sure the PA role is really right for you because it's a unique role. Um, And then after that, you're gonna transition into a master's level program where you are going to be trained to become a general practitioner um, in a lot of different fields. You're gonna see um, emergency surgery, um, primary pediatrics, OB-GYN. So all the same core rotations that physicians see, um, just once again, the the level of education is gonna be like one year didactic one-year clinical rotations and afterwards we certify um and i guess in this case residencies which are required for physicians are optional sometimes you may want to specialize in the field and make yourself more competitive and that's a way pas can um, do that i think that a lot of times when we're thinking about health professionals it's so easy to compare ourselves to you know the perfect person the perfect 4.0 and you got to realize everyone has journey. Sometimes we don't, we we trip first and fall and then we get back up. Mm. And when I think about my journey, I went to community college first. I come from a a really small town, about 3,000 people. I grew up three to 4,000. I came from an even smaller town before then um, in rural Missouri. And I went to community college for my first two years, uh, got my my associate's degree. And then I went on to a state school, um, University of Missouri, St. Louis, to get my bachelor's. Um, and I think having that difference in education kind of let me see the difference, uh, a lot of different gaps that exist in medicine. So for me, it kind of, it helped. And not only that, I like to share my story in this case to see that you don't have to be perfect. Um, I think there was a stigma where I come from where people said, you may not get into PA school, you come from community college. And that's why I always reach out to other students or potential PAs to say, look, you can do it. I'm a community college grad, and I ended up here. Uh, and you can as well. So I think the ways that we can get into PA school now are so unique. Some people go, you know, directly in, some people take a couple of years. And so when I think about um, my journey specifically, I got a bachelor's in biology from uh, University of Missouri, St. Louis. Um, but I'm thankful for the other experience I got to see rural environments, and how volunteering in an area of 3000 looks like where difference to financial resources is so different from uh, an urban city where you might have the uh, greater disparities in minority populations.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important for everyone listening and watching to understand is that things aren't always linear. Success doesn't always just go one direction. Success very often is, you know, it's just, it's all over the place because you go up, you go down, you go sideways. Sometimes you feel like you're not moving at all. And then one day you realize, wow, I've come so far. So I think it's really um, an inspiring sentiment that you're, that you're talking about, because I think it, it should motivate everyone listening that um, we learn from our failures. Those, those failures are the things that make us strong. They're the things that make us resilient. They're the things that actually help us learn and grow into the direction, into the people that we need to be. Um, and every, every experience is going to be different. Every, everyone's going to have their own unique journey and how they fell into medicine and how they pursue it, um, and I think it's really important to remember that there's no one path, and there's no just, like, right way to do it. I think, um, you know, if you go to community college, you're living proof that you can go to community college. You can, you can start that way, and actually, it's a really smart way to go because, um, you know, you're not paying for four years of, of a major university when you can Go to community college save a little money go finish at a state school and then go on to pa school i'd love to hear how long of a break did you take um, after getting your bachelor's and did you scribe or what did you do in between um, now where you are in your pa journey as uh back at boston
0: first off i couldn't have said it better i like that. that's not linear um but when i think about the break i took i graduated in 2019 um I knew at that point I kind of wanted to be in healthcare. Um, my mother's a nurse, but it's one of those cases where there's so many different pathways you could take. And I think the job I took next really cemented that I wanted to be at PA specifically. Um, there's difference in things you would do. I, I have friends that got into PA school from scribing. Me personally, I worked as a patient care tech and dialysis. And what is so unique about that is rather than being in an ER and seeing patients every day, you kind of fall in love with your patients because kidney disease is a lifelong uh, illness. And, and in this case, you are, I'm going to see these people three times a week uh, for the rest of their lives, uh, or they'll see someone like me. And so what I found so unique about this is that they kind of become like your family. Um, when I, when I used to volunteer in a hospital, I saw people for a day, maybe two days. And, you know, suddenly you learn their birthdays, their kids' birthdays. um you, learn what they like to do for fun, um, what they still aspire to do. And when I thought about what I want to do, you know, I worked in dialysis. I saw a a bunch of different roles. You know, we had nurses, um, we had physician assistants and nurse practitioners that were around. Um, We had nephrologists and that would be like your your, the attending physician. Um, But most of the time actually uh, the nurse practitioners and the physician assistants would actually come to see the patients more. Um, because it was just easier for them to see a lot of the different uh, patients. And so I thought about what did I want my, my future like, role as health provider to look like? Um, did I want to be more in a hospital? Or did I want to hear people's stories about what they did on the weekend? Um, and I also saw a difference in, I guess, the level of honesty. If you see a provider so often, you start to be a little more honest And the reality of, are you going to follow that treatment plan? And so you can almost tell like the jokiness that, you know, uh, one of the nurse practitioners or PAs might have saying, did you, okay, how much did you drink? You know, did you drink too much? Or are we a little fluid overloaded today? And I think being able to know that and have like a one-on-one connection was something they said, I know uh, being a physician assistant is right for me. And I don't know if I would have gotten some other way. So it's why I say, when you think like, when I think about it, being a patient care tech not only allowed me to interact with patients, but I got to cannulate patients for dialysis. So I'm putting, you know, needles and there's a level of trust there. Uh, I I don't know when people are listening to this, what their fear of needles, but like dialysis needles are 15 gauge needles. So that's a lot bigger than a normal IV Mm -hmm. and to have someone trust you and say, Oh, it's going to be fine. If it doesn't work, like you, uh, you try again, I think just shows how quickly bonds can, Be built. And so I'm so glad that I took that. Uh, It ended up turning out to be almost two years off because I graduated in 2019 and started PA school in 2021 to really find my niche in medicine.
1: Oh, it's so beautiful. I never really thought about it like that, but it's so true because when you're seeing someone on a more regular basis, and maybe um, you're able to be a little more honest with a PA because you're like, well, the doctor's a little scary and, um, you know, in your young and I feel like, you know, it would be a easier way to be like, okay, yeah, I did have a little bit extra to drink last night and I shouldn't have done that or whatever that is. And I feel like that kind of relationship that you can build over time, um, with just, um, having that level of trust, it's a different type of um, experience. And I think it's just a tiny little, like like you said, PAs do a lot of what physicians do. I think it's just this tiny little mental thing that patients just kind of have a different feeling. And so they they would be maybe more open or more honest with you about the care, leaving you to be able to care for them more properly than if they weren't going to be so honest. Because you, know, you can't help someone if they're not going to tell you the truth of what's actually Um, what their, what their life is actually like and what they're experiencing in healthcare. I think it takes a really um, big hearted, selfless, um, empathetic person to do what you do. And I can tell from talking to you how much it means to you and how much you care about other people and their health. And I just want to say thank you. And um, I think it's really beautiful. And I have no doubt that you found exactly where you should be. um, Because I know that if I needed help, I would love for you to care for me, because I can tell that you really, um, it really matters to you. Uh, I would love to hear a little bit about how you found that position in dialysis. Uh, Did you know somebody because I know you said your mom was a nurse? uh, Or how did you kind of fall into that position um, in between uh, getting your degree and going to PA school?
0: Uh, I want to say thank you. I do appreciate it. I'd love to take care of you. I need a couple more years to get the degree before <laughs> I can do that.
1: I trust you. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, but how did I find the that position? That's actually a great question because I the, like how I found myself now in social media. People ask me, like, what how do I get the first job? You need the job to get into PA school. Um, so how do you get that job? Well, for me I actually had a friend who told me uh, in this case they were um, applying for medical school but they still thought they may do dialysis just to get some better experience I said you know that's actually kind of interesting and unique a little bit different than the normal scribing but I actually um, just went online um, and on their website and it said they had a bunch of different openings and weirdly enough it's they have dialysis centers everywhere because so many people need dialysis I also apply to other patient care jobs, but I think the biggest thing is just really putting yourself out there. Um, I personally am always somebody who's like, you know, resume and i want to shake your hand and meet you. A little more difficult um, with COVID and everything. Um, but I think showing interest um, and being present really dif- distinguishes you from other candidates. And if you really want that first shot, you really wanna become a PA or whatever healthcare role, you owe it to yourself to sometimes push a little harder and step outside those comfort zones you get to the end goal you got to think why am i doing this what how do i want my life to look like 5 10 15 years from now
1: mm-hmm. yeah you don't know what you don't know and i think it's very wise to talk to other peers people who are per- pursuing other medical professions, even if it's not the same as what you're looking at, it can give you ideas and you can be inspired by something and like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think of that. That actually sounds great for me. Like could that work for what I'm trying to do? Um, because I think, you know, sometimes we can get very focused and think, oh, there's only one way to do something. But kind of how we talked about earlier, there's a million ways in. Um, And they're all different. And I think it's really great advice to think outside the box, talk to your peers, talk to other people who are doing what you want to be doing. Um, The internet is such a great way. Social media is such a great way to reach out. And I'm sure if you guys have questions about becoming a PA or anything else, I'm sure that Randall would love to talk to you guys and give you advice. Um, But it's really, really, uh, I think, a wise thing and advice to give to others is just even opening up the conversation with your peers about how they're going about it because you might be surprised at what you find.
0: Yeah, I think uh, balancing ideas off everyone I can like often feel overwhelming. Um, I think by even talking to other fields, you can see, like you said, different ways to solve things. And I welcome questions. You know, I wish I would had somebody that, I guess there were people out there but you never want to be the person to, I guess, reach out. And I say, get over that fear, you know, ask the right questions, reach out, um, whatever it takes to put yourself in a position where you feel comfortable going into whatever field interests you, um, whether it be in medicine or anything, because I think that one of the regrets I have is that I, I don't know if I was confident enough. Like I said, you always compare yourself to that perfect person. And I feel like it's a difficult thing, but an unnecessary thing to take a step back from that and just say, I need help. I'm, not, I'm a little lost because there's plenty of people like me, myself included, who can reach out. And I'd love to help anyone who has any questions about getting in or understanding where I go from high school or any step in the way.
1: Isn't it interesting that, you know, nobody thinks about you as much as you think about you. You know what I mean? People aren't actually that concerned with, um, you know, a lot of times we have this fear in ourselves of like, I don't want to do this because I don't want to come across this way or I'm kind of embarrassed or I'm unsure but really um it people aren't people just aren't they're so busy worrying about themselves and worrying about their own insecurities that they're not even going to notice yours do you know what I mean and so I think as someone who's been around a little bit I I say like you must get over that fear because um no one is gonna everyone is always gonna think thank you for asking because guess what if you don't ask for help or guidance or advice, then you have nothing, right? You have no answers. Well, so you're just stuck exactly where you are, as opposed to putting putting yourself out there and saying, hey, the least, the, the worst thing that can happen is someone can just say, you know what, no, I, I don't have time to help you right now. That's it. But where are you differently? You're not anywhere different because you already had the no to begin with. So I think it's important to remember that the whole quote, like no risk, no reward. Uh, I think it, it comes across as great advice for anything that you're doing in life because, um, you know, you don't want to hold yourself back out of fear. You always want to like, take the shot, ask the question. If you don't know something, ask someone who might, um, because you got to advocate for yourself and have that passion and that fire to get where you are trying to get to.
0: I think adding to that too, we weirdly, I think fear that result, but in my own experience, If it does happen, it's such a small minority. I know when people reach out to me and they say, thank you, you really helped me understand it. It just makes me smile Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I'm glad I was able to help you. And so even if that does happen, there'll be 10 other people who are happy to help. And so I think Mm -hmm. sometimes asking someone else because you view them to have expertise not only helps you, but it it makes them feel better as well. So it's like everyone
1: wins. What's something that you know now? Um, as three months in to um, being in Boston and being at PA school um, that you, you know now that you wish you kind of would have known a little sooner to tell yourself like any kind of encouraging words or any kind of advice you have?
0: Yeah, that's actually a great question because it's so easy to get caught in the moment. I think the biggest advice I give people now when they say it is just enjoy the moment. Um, when I think about what all I've learned in three months, it is so much. And I don't say it's to scary one because people you'll rise the occasion. Like I've had some of the longest study days I could ever imagine, but I've also had some of the happiest memories with friends, you know, and these are people in the program that, you know, it's camaraderie, but I think leading up to this, it's so easy to get caught in. Should I be doing something? Should I be preparing is there something? And I think also in addition, you worry, am I too old in the program? Um, you worry about like all these insecurities and I think just enjoying the free time um, and being happy with where you are is so good because once you get to PA school or whatever health professional school you go to that's going to be your life for a little bit and that's okay you know I think things that are worth having you have to fight for in their journey Um, but I'd say just finding happiness in the journey before school and uh, and during school is so important so if I could give one piece of advice it would be go on a road trip, Um, have fun, don't worry as much. Am I going to get in? Um, Should I pre-prepare and read textbooks? I think that would be like the one piece of advice I could give is just be happy that you can maybe watch Netflix and go to the gym, you know, for a night. That is just, that's a treat. Um, I think that's something that, like I said, you don't realize until the situation changes a little.
1: It's so true too. It's just like, making sure that you're living your life in between all the moments, you know, because I imagine that, like you said, your study days are long and, um, and it's not like you're not living your life, but you're dedicating a portion of your time in your life to studying so that you can have the future that you want to have and help all those people you want to help. Um, But I think it's, it's easy to get caught up in like, oh, I just, I can't, I can't go to my, my, you know, my brother's graduation, or I can't do this this weekend because I, I have so much studying to do. I'm so behind. I can't go. And then by doing that, you're kind of, you're, you're not living your life. You're missing out on moments. And I mean, really you have to make those sacrifices sometimes to like live your life because otherwise you're going to have burnout. You're not going to, you're going to feel like, what am I doing all of this for? um so I think it's really great advice even if it's small moments you know maybe you can't take a whole day but maybe you can take you know 20 minutes to call a friend or get some exercise or whatever that is um to make sure that you're giving back to yourself and you're living your life in between all the moments because otherwise it goes by so fast and you're just like what happened to my life (laughs) you know I, I also wonder um you talked about how you have long study days, and I would love if you have any advice on how you get through those. How do you get through your long study days without getting burned out? Do you have any uh, tricks or tips or any kind of uh, advice that helps memorize or any kind of color what is that What does that look like for you?
0: Um, yeah, that, that's a great question. I think coming from PA school, no matter where you go to undergraduate uh, or what you do for, I'll tell you, it is a big culture shock. You know the level of material and the level you're learning at is, is very very high and there's a high expectation um and i think it requires adoption on every front um but what i find so useful and like you said avoiding burnout that's it, it's a long journey you don't want to overexert yourself and you don't get to the finish line i think it's finding actual fun things to do like i say when i say enjoy the moment um life is not only the highs you should you know your best years are not in front of you they're you know every day And I still try to incorporate that during PA school. And that may mean, you know, I may study 12 hours, which sounds like a lot. I'll tell you, it's a lot for me. Um, That might be a day before an exam of just looking at material. I break it down. You know, it might be, you know, we have different study techniques, 25 minutes studying, five minute break. I try to take an hour to go to the gym. And so I give myself these little I guess pieces of uh, enjoyment or satisfaction things that bring me joy to push me and then every single time I have an exam I think so important is planning some social events something with friends and it reminds you okay only one more day two more days um because I think that can really help you get to that next hurdle and then when you get to another exam you do the same Um, because like you said this amount that of, of work that's required is a lot but it's not unmanageable because if it was unmanageable, it wouldn't be asked of you. Um, things I do specifically, I use spaced repetition. I can tell you, I didn't even know what that word meant before I got into the school. I was used to you know, reading slides uh, and that's how a lot of people learn. Um, but there's different resources like Anki that will uh, basically put information in front of you uh, sporadically like in a variable ratio, which will create memorization. Uh, there's concept mapping, which might mean that you keep a bunch of similar terms, and you try to connect them all. And when you can do that, you think on the test, okay, I may not 100% know what this does, but I understand what it connects to. And you can kind of cross choices out. Um, and I think a lot of these things overall, you guys, there are a lot of little things, but overall they make the amount uh, that's required of you doable and manageable. And I think it's crazy that people message me now, oh, Randall, I don't think I can do it. And I'm like, trust me, you'll do it. I'm going to see you in three years. You're going to be a PA um, or whatever other field you want to be in. And I think that I've even had people that just started the program now and they like take the first course. Like, I can't believe I was able to do that much instead of like, like, see you surprise yourself. And I think it's like you said, finding things to look forward to.
1: You know, it's it's that mentality of like one foot in front of the other and like focus on the next step and the next step and the next step. So you don't get like so overwhelmed by looking at like all the things you have to do. But also I think, yeah, finding little normalcy in your day, little moments of taking breath, of taking time for yourself to try to um, get that memorization. in. And I think something I would say too is um, tell yourself you can do it. You know, the mind is such a powerful thing. And sometimes when I have to do something really difficult that I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I tell myself, Oh, no problem. I got this. I, this is going to be easy. I'm going to do it. People will be like, how are you going to do that? i be like, Oh, it's no problem. I'm going to do it. And I just tell myself that I can do it. And you wouldn't believe how, what a difference it makes. It sounds so silly, but, but just turning your mind into saying like, this is easy. I can do this. Even when it's not, you just tell yourself it is. And you'll find instead of being discouraged when you can't remember something, you're like, no, I got this. I'm going to, I can do this. I know I can do this. And your, your brain will, uh, remember. Also, I think, I don't know if you ever do this when you memorize, but sometimes when I'm trying to memorize something, I'll take little tiny power naps. And I mean like maybe two minutes where I just close my eyes after I'm trying to memorize something for a while. And I think about it for the first, maybe 30 seconds in my mind. And then I close my eyes and I don't think about it at all. And when in two minutes time, when I come back, I'm like, oh, actually I can remember, I remember this a lot better. Cause you're giving your brain like a moment to kind of just like absorb it all. Does that ever happen to you where you're like trying to memorize something and you you're like, I can't, I can't remember this. And then the next morning you just know it.
0: That, and it's one of those ideas where you might've hit that point. It's, it's why they actually encourage study takes like, like 25 minutes on five minutes off, maybe go for a walk. I also do now that you mentioned that I do like sometimes midday naps and I'm not sure exactly the science of it, but there's some science when it's like under 20 minutes or under some some set period where you reset your brain. Um, and that can be so useful because if you sit there looking at it forever, sometimes it's just like, it's not going to click. But then, like you said, you wake up the next day and you're like, have it all exactly as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like what you say about this, that self-belief, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I love that you mentioned that because when you believe in yourself, it's easy whenever you get stuck, you say, I'm going to find another way. But if you don't, if you, if you're doubting yourself, you're just going to give up. And so I think we, that that might be like, I'm going to steal, like still take that point
1: uh, <laughs>
0: because yeah. that is such, so, so, so important.
1: Yeah. I think you just encourage yourself. Like you would encourage your friend or your family member, you know, like you got this, you can do it. You know, I think just encourage that, that little self-talk of like, you can get through this it does really make a huge difference when it, when, it, when it comes to, and then you surprise yourself like what you were talking about. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Like I memorized that whole thing in like three hours. I thought it was going to take me nine or whatever it is. And you you surprise yourself, but that's good because we're, we're capable of so much more than we even realize. We don't give ourselves enough credit for of how much we're capable for. So these things, when you surprise yourself, it's such a good reminder to be like, oh my gosh, I grew a little bit. And like, what else can I do that I didn't think I could do before? And it goes back to what you were talking about, stepping outside of your comfort zone and kind of stretching yourself a little bit, and then realizing like how, how far you can go just by tiny little, tiny little stretches or ch- tiny little outside the box choices. Yeah,
0: I I, I love this, um, that, we're, that we're on this idea, because I think that is such a crucial part that's like often skipped over. I think social media often focuses on the highs and there are really big highs, but it's important to realize that there will be double bad, bad days, but how you deal with those kind of defines who you are as a person and how you will uh, face and overcome adversity in the future. Um, a role in healthcare is so taxing. There will be the, the greatest days. I actually had one of the most humbling and you know kind of difficult moments recently. Um, we were in our cadaver lab and I got to hold uh, a human heart someone sacrificed their, you know, their body for science. And it was such a moment that was, emotions almost came over me. It was like a very emotional moment because to be in a position like that, it it wasn't a high and it wasn't low, it was somewhere in between. Um, And I think it's being appreciative of those moments and and, and just realizing that we have to get through tough times. Um, And things like that even spur you on to, want to be the best you can because i don't want this person to sacrifice their body in vain i want to help a thousand people from what i learned from from this one person and that the moments um that we're in are there there can be a lot of highs and lows but it's just important that we always find the good and what we're doing a
1: thousand percent i mean you're you're such an incredible person i think just the fact that you I mean, you're literally holding human heart in your hands and you're having gratitude for that. You're saying, thank you for donating your body to science so that I can learn so that I can go help thousands of people because I learned from you. And it's, it's just such a beautiful journey that we're on together on this planet. Um, you know, it can be so easy to think about all the things you don't have or all the, the failing, or I didn't, I failed this test or whatever it is. It's like, it doesn't doesn't matter that you fall it matters how you recover from the fall you know it, it matters how what you learned from the fall it matters how grateful for you are for the fall for teaching you the lesson that you needed to learn and you might have to learn the same lesson more than once i mean it'll come in as many times as you need to learn it but i think having gratitude which obviously you have so much of makes you an incredible um, soon-to-be PA. Uh, I would love to hear. So I know you're three months into your journey. So does that mean, because you said a a journey could be 24 to 36 months. How long is your journey and why is there a discrepancy between 24 and 36? Or is that just if you go slow?
0: Uh, That's a great question. There's a lot of factors. um, I guess a little bit different. It's very similar with nurse practitioners. um, But to become a physician, most medical schools are Almost all the same, exact same length. I and mean, there's a couple three years that are accelerated. Um, PA's uh, programs are a little different um, because some of them have different core focuses. Um, Boston University School of Medicine Physician Assistant Program, which is where I go, uh, is a little unique because it's one of two uh, where we take 70 to8% of our class um, with medical students, second year medical students. Uh, and some people may say, why you're going to be you know, physician assistant. Why would you want to learn the same? Uh, and that's a great question. Um, our university believes that incorporating early, and so that means their program's a little bit longer, it's 28 months, uh, leads to a higher level of medical knowledge. And not only that, you've got to realize that you're gonna be working in a healthcare team. These physicians, and, and in this case, are sometimes you know, collaborating and supervising you. They understand you have the same uh, knowledge. You were in that same class with them, you took the same tests. And that can also increase the uh, provider to provider trust, which is important. Some other reasons, uh, Duke is a 24 month. It's the founder of Physician Assistant Education. Um, A lot of them in California, like Stanford's um, USC's are 30 to 32 months. Uh, And that's because they have such a, they they spend a lot of time on uh, sometimes more rotations, sometimes more on didactic education. So it can kind of be up to a university to decide, what do we want? Do we want more electives to kind of let people see? Or do we really want a lot of time for didactic education? Um, But like you said, some do have longer breaks. Uh, I have a friend who goes to a program and uh, her program gives her three months off. So her program is longer as a result of that. So it kind of just depends. I know there are some online choices as well and part-time if you want to exaggerate the journey. But most of the time, the difference is really up to the university to say, what do we want you to learn whenever you graduate? Like, how are we going to distinguish you a little bit from another position assistant out there? And I think I kind of like that, that there's sometimes it's good to think if we're working in a team, everyone might have a skill that's a little bit better, you know, because if we all have the same skills, um, we're all good at doing the same job, but it's kind of nice to think that we might have a little bit of a specialty um, right when we start.
1: What you want to do, what you want your specialty to be when you become a PA?
0: It's actually two things. I think what I love about a PA and that distinguishes us. I guess I should have mentioned earlier, uh, over a physician or, or a nurse practitioner, um, which are all well considered in the field of practitioners, um, the physician being independent in all capacities and a nurse practitioner being independent, depending on the state, um, is that we're taught as generalists. So unlike a physician who may do a residency in emergency medicine and be stuck there forever, I can assist in emergency medicine and then I can work in psychiatry and then I can work in family medicine and then I can work in dermatology. And you think about that, there's no other medical practitioner that can treat, diagnose, and prescribe that can do that. It's kind of like an anomaly. Um, and I think for me to avoid burnout, I know I want to work in a lot of different areas. I think going back to my roots, I know mental health and I think family medicine will always kind of play a role in what I want to get back. Because I know what it's like to not have a specialist or a specialist be two hours away. Um, I know what it's like not to have a primary care you know, position for most of my life. And I don't want other people to experience that same reality. I also know that, you know, being in Boston, uh, dermatology is a big interest. When I think about kind of what I want to do, um, it's kind of a mix. I know I love the remote idea, especially with COVID has shown that you can like do psychiatry uh, in another state. And mental health, especially during the pandemic is something that's so necessary. You know, sometimes you really do need to speak to somebody. Um, I love that I can do that and I can help in Oregon. Well, maybe I'm in Boston. Um, and then I could do dermatology. Um, I love the idea of uh, general dermatology because you, you see all these skin conditions. And for me, that's, I think, something that I find the most interesting now. Um, but who knows? It could change. You know, I think you get on rotations and you get to, you know, assist in a surgery or you get to um, biopsy something and maybe it changes everything. And I kind of love that you go in with an idea and maybe you do the complete opposite when you leave.
1: I love that. I had no idea that it had so much like flexibility in the career. Amazing that you can kind of just hop around and still be helpful in all of these different fields. That's really interesting. I thank you for sharing that. I had no idea about that. I
0: refer to it for PAs as lateral mobility. And I think it's so important for burnout because I've met physicians who maybe in the 20th year of practice, maybe they're not as passionate enough. And I think they can, they can also uh, double certified and get another residency. But I love that the second I'm not, I'm not feeling something hundred percent, I can just switch. And I think that that allows me always to get hundred percent. And I think, why am I going this in the first place? It's not for the money. And I tell people like that is the number one reason not to go into healthcare. There's a lot of other things you could do that will make you more money. Um, I think whenever I think about the journey, the only real reason you can go is because you care. It's a lot of hard nights. It's going to be sad moments in a hospital. Maybe someone doesn't make it or you have to get bad news. But I think about all the good moments that are going to be there too when I help somebody or I can say you get to go home or the results came back and yeah, nothing to worry about. It's benign. And so I don't know. I think that that kind of defines the reason of why it's so important to be in healthcare for me.
1: I love talking to you because it's just so clear how much you care and what a great heart you have. What I know that you um, took a little time off after you graduated in twenty nineteen, and you were um, working. And then COVID happened, and now you're you're in PA school. Um, is COVID really affecting PA school right now in Boston? Have they do they have different kind of measures that were different? And how has COVID kind of affected you um, during this time?
0: I think um while these have in some dark times i think there's some real uh long-term things that we've gained uh and i think sometimes it's important to focus on the positives you know uh, i think it, increase in access to care uh, mm. like i talk about growing up being two hours from uh, a specialist well i know when i grew up that meant that you know you weren't going to see that specialist that often or maybe you didn't go at all and now you can log in on your computer you have a camera and you can see them and i think increasing access to care has really been something that was difficult in the beginning, but might be the biggest overall thing that we've gained. Uh, And I think with seeing providers more often comes an increased trust in um, healthcare practitioners. Because when you see people more often, uh, like in the story I shared earlier, there's just a greater trust in the people you're talking to. Um, And while there are a lot of uh, hardships that we faced in the last year, I think that that might be the biggest and most positive is uh, allowing more people to see and receive help when they need it, because I think that is just so important.
1: Absolutely, I think, you know, just talking about this, it reminds me, you know, sometimes before, it's like you have to take off work, you have to drive, depart, you have to get there. A lot of times people are just like, they don't wanna do it. They're already like afraid something's wrong with them. they're like, I don't really wanna get bad news today. Like It's a lot of effort and you have to overcome a lot of things to go in. And I think with doing it online, doing it from your phone, doing it from an app, being able to talk to a doctor, a veterinarian, um, it makes it so much easier to say, "Hey, I'm having this problem. Should I worry or not? You know, do I need to come in or not?" And I think it it makes people more uh, inclined to reach out and get that help and let less time go by because you know a lot of times with with illness, the quicker you catch it, the better. The better it will be. Uh, so I think it does encourage people to say, "Okay, well, you know, I can find five minutes to hop on real quick and, and tell the doctor what's going on with me." And then if they think I need to come in, then they'll schedule me. Um, so yeah, I think that's really great and positive, and that's something I really thought about.
0: I remember working. Um, I actually had somebody like I saw that they stepped out of work for like thirty minutes because that's all you need if you're doing it on your phone. You can step outside during a lunch break uh, mm-hmm. and answer a call, and so. You think about that that person probably would have came in and so it's so great to think that another person got helped just as a reality of increase in access to care
1: so great so positive thanks for sharing that well randall it's been such a pleasure having you on our crafting wellness podcast i've absolutely adored and loved having you um for everyone listening and watching i'm going to link all of his information in this video um you'll be able to find him on instagram and is there anywhere else we can find you
0: um in instagram so it's at randall uh, period the period up here. Uh, it's been great getting to know you Brooke, and meeting you uh face-to-face i find you as well
1: absolutely and um yeah i'm sure randall would love to talk with you guys if you have any further questions or want to reach out i know he's happy to do so and um thank you again randall for being on our podcast it's been a pleasure
0: thank you Brooke.